0: I'm thinking something like... Hey, it's Amber and Melanie, and this is I'm Fine, It's Fine.
1: Uh, This week on the podcast, we have Matt Taylor. He was a kind, gentle soul and generous enough to share his story with us. And what I really enjoyed is we really got to see the whole idea behind the podcast is letting um, people share their stories around how humor is really how it came into their life as a child and then how that has just kind of been there through uh, thick and thin throughout their life story. So it was really kind for him to share that. So I hope you enjoy it as much as we did.
0: You you didn't want to do finger guns? Don't be awkward. (laughs) You were pretty good at them, though, both of them are. Okay. It's good to see you. It's good to see you too. Yeah, and for you and Melanie it's to nice meet.
2: Nice to meet you. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> nice to meet you too.
0: I love that you're here. uh You have been traveling a lot. Yeah. Like more yeah. than usual.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Normally, I just stay right in Middle Tennessee.
0: <laughs> in Smyrna. Now,
2: yeah. Now <laughs> I've been to like Eastern Tennessee, <laughs> Tennessee, There's more to this state than you guys know. <laughs> just here.
0: Would you say that it's different? It's
2: this state's longest.
0: You can yeah, say fuck. fuck.
1: Yeah. Sorry, we
2: didn't go over this prior. This <laughs> yeah. tastes long as fuck. What's
1: <laughs> your no, favorite yes, place you've been to? You know what? Favorite place.
2: Smyrna, Tennessee, dog. What's up? That one? <laughs> Is that one? I
1: don't
2: know. Uh, this one? That the one's one? yours. Oh, I can see it there. Smyrna, dog. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Purple and gold, baby. Which is
0: where you live, but not where you grew up, right?
2: right. Yeah, no. My favorite place I've been to so far would be home. Oh. I find that the more I travel, that the more I like where I live. Oh, so. I
1: like that.
0: That's really nice. Mm-hmm. And where did you grow? What is home?
2: Home is Murfreesboro. Oh, okay. I was born in like Tuscaloosa, but
0: I mm.
2: grew okay. up in Murfreesboro, Tennessee.
0: Nice. Mm -hmm. So what I was like getting at with the traveling though, is you had like, you just had a real, really pop off. And do you, would you say that's like led to more traveling?
2: Oh yeah. I, uh, yeah. So once I got on his tour or whatever, like we're gone three weeks out of every month and somewhere like I was just in California, Northern California for like a week and a half, I think Mm -hmm. so. That was fun.
0: What's it like, like traveling now? I'm just like, I've been traveling and it, it's traveling so is
2: exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People are like, I want to travel the world. I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. And, and it can, can get kind of lonely. Go back first and see like if you want to. And it was like, what?
0: Gets kind of lonely.
2: It does. I mean, yeah. you've got some people out there, but you, you don't really know them yet. Mm. So you're just kind of in a hotel room a lot of times. So hiking, that would be why. I try and go out and find something to do in the city, even if it's just like running sidewalks, just getting outside and trying to stay mentally sane. I mean, if you just stay cooped up in a hotel, yeah. you're gonna hang yourself in that hotel. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I I that doesn't happen. <laughs> Let's get into that trauma. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so you have like those kind of rituals like going outside and stuff like that when you're not on the road? you.
2: Yeah, like even when I'm like today, uh, yeah, uh I just went and ran on the greenway and just got outside. I think something about staying cooped up inside just drives me insane. Definitely. But yeah, whenever I'm home, I want really to try and make a point to see family uh, and friends as much as I can. Even if I'm tired, I still feel like that connection just kind of keeps me level that makes sense
1: it does so when you're traveling and not don't have that same connection how does that feel how do you try to stay connected
2: like with myself or with others
1: with others you said being at home you get you're more connected with family and that oh
2: like i'll make my calls that i try to yeah. every day and mm-hmm. stay in contact with friends um or I'll just annoy the shit out of our production manager that travels with me. <laughs> He's just such a quiet, like reserved guy. So like, I'm just in the car with him the whole time. He's like, what about this? What about that? <laughs> <laughs> He's like the most chill person ever. And I'm like.
0: Something ain't right. <laughs> i get you. i get you. <laughs> you. You seem pretty chill yourself. And I know we were like mm-hmm. talking about this before. Um, but let's get into some sauce. So like, <laughs>
2: well, I'm chill, but I'm not <laughs> at all. Like, I like, I don't know. I am chill, but at the same time, like I'm a very nervous, anxious person, like internally. Like, I feel like I'm always out of breath. Does that make sense? <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Mm. You felt like that like your whole life yeah what what made you did did like getting into comedy did you think about that of like oh this might help me or oh god how am i going to do this
2: i don't know like i always wanted to get into comedy i just think i was so anxious or nervous or scared that it took me until the age of 30 to do it
1: hmm. so what do you think allowed you to finally do it
2: um being at a job where i didn't really see myself progressing and having gone to college for uh, so many years just to do what I was doing and realizing I wasn't fulfilled and mm-hmm. it was something that I had wanted to do when I was younger and just never did and then 30 rolled around and I was like I'm gonna do it now I'm not mm-hmm. and I did it and I enjoyed it and I've uh, just been doing it since it five years
1: I love that what's your um anxiety level like b- right before you go on stage
2: oh or is that um, different
1: when you're versus when you're on stage
2: yeah it is uh, i would say i'm definitely most anxious like right leading up like i used to have uh like really bad heart palpitations mm-hmm. like before the show like getting ready to go on stage
3: mm-hmm.
2: and i ended up getting like prescribed beta blockers like Mm -hmm. keep me Mm level-headed and uh now that helped out a ton uh but before then yeah i mean i remember one time i was about to go out to host a show at zany's like i stood up and felt like i was about to pass out
1: oh yeah
2: right before the show was about to start and you know the music they play right before
3: you're like every
2: time are you ready i know it's like I could be in the crowd and I hear that music. I'm just like. Froom. Right? <laughs> but, it's a long song too. Yeah. It lasts the a long time. That's response to
0: Yeah. That song. But yeah, like I was just
2: always so anxious and nervous, like even in the green room, like I couldn't really talk to people because I'm just so in my head yeah. for some reason. And uh, I would just be standing in that door waiting to go out, just like. Oh. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and then I'm like, yeah, this ex- that's very fast, uh, okay. Oh. Yeah, and one time like, I remember I stood up lightheaded and almost passed out and I was like, I got to do something. Yeah. And then like doing these theater gigs, you know, like the... It just, everything seems more on the line
3: mm-hmm.
2: and more, more, I guess, yeah. like a bigger scale, so the anxiety of it just ramped up and I was like, dog, if I faint on stage, first of all, I'm probably not going to be back out for any more shows. Mm. And if that's on camera mm-hmm.
0: you're gonna I'm get going famous viral, <laughs> yeah. yeah was it the beta blockers that helped that completely they, the beta
2: blockers helped out my anxiety a lot they actually helped out my high blood pressure too so I what is a just,
0: beta blocker i don't even know what that is it's typically they just don't
2: allow no betas around do you?
0: Oh.
2: <laughs> i'm alpha i'm alpha on. i'm so alpha i take beta blockers dog i don't want them near me <laughs> huh uh, <laughs> yeah no it uh it blocks like your adrenal response to things which is i don't know i mean i'm sure there's un- some I don't is that on like the back of the get,
1: box you're the <laughs> kind of doctor right well, i'm not a doctor <laughs> 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 are normally a- you seem smarter
2: than me what? <laughs> what is it
1: it's they typically prescribe it for heart like
2: yeah, like, like heart right. arrhythmia. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. it helped keep your heart on like a regular pace, which I was having yeah. a lot of like tachycardia and heart palpitations. And
1: did they do heart <coughs> testing to where there was like nothing? Did they find like there yeah, was right. nothing organically like wrong with the way your heart was beating?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did EKGs yeah. and uh, echocardiograms, and mm-hmm. everything was fine. And they said I had. Uh, performance induced anxiety or something Mm. like that is what it's called
1: just a stress response yeah yeah i
0: was gonna ask if i was like am
2: i always performing then because i have it all the time
0: (laughs) yeah like did it was it that level before you started doing stand-up did it get to those levels where you're like i'm gonna pass out
2: uh sometimes but it got more frequent because i guess that was the trigger was any kind of i don't know like it happened like when i was quitting my job to do this gig like I started having heart palpitations just mm-hmm. thinking about the conversation mm-hmm. with my boss, mm. who already knew and was happy for me. Mm-hmm. But still, like, oh, you got if there's anything you need me to do, just I don't know.
0: Were you like imagining something that could go wrong, even though everything was good?
2: Yeah, like in my head, like I'm always imagining something going wrong. It's,
1: it's pretty, pretty like anticipatory anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm always expecting the worst to happen. Everybody that everybody in my family has died in my head a million times over. Mm. So it's almost like when the time comes and they do pass, I'll just be like oh, I already you know, expected that. So mm. Yeah. It's weird, like almost like an obsessive anxiety.
1: Well, yeah, we tend to think if we can plan enough for it that won't hurt as bad. If we stress out enough about it, or mm-hmm. just like we, if we can feel enough shame, we can forgive ourselves for something or, Oof. you know, yeah. it's, a, it's the same with anxiety, if I can worry about it enough or think enough steps ahead, plan for it, we can try to avoid it or we we can try to, it won't be as bad when it happens. Yeah. But that's always been how you've operated? Pretty like, much. yeah. I've always been pretty
2: high strung on the inside and just kind of calm cool and collected on the outside
0: is that is it like is that
2: like a Snickers like it's chill on the outside but there's a lot of shit <laughs> there's the a lot, like, yeah. Yeah, people love Snickers
0: milk. Yeah, Great. <laughs> you don't have to
2: hate me I'm a Snickers you don't have you know? to hate me <laughs>
1: <laughs> have, have you ever had a time where what was on the inside like you let that come out or is it always I just imagine you're just trying to keep like a lid on a pot of boiling water
2: yeah, I don't think I'm. And there's been probably some times where, like, I've not exploded, but just, like, reacted to a situation too mm-hmm. much. Yeah. Where people are like, where the, did that come from? <laughs> You're and like, like fucking I've been 35 years. i <laughs> yeah. just, yeah, keeping it
1: down. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, uh, mm. yeah, I don't know. Is there, like, a. I guess if you've played things out over and over, like, how it might happen, do you do that with if I were to let this out like whether it's whatever it is it could be anger it could be stress or fear or whatever if I it seems like you're you're holding it all in so do you play if I were to actually express this then what would happen
2: no because I don't really know how I would properly express it
1: mm. yeah
2: do I just tell people hey I'm about to freak the fuck
1: out. <laughs> <laughs>
2: just letting you know
1: have you ever done that no try it
2: but then I just wouldn't freak out. like That's I'm just right. kidding. I'm not gonna shoot this school up. <laughs> Go back to class. Probably take that part out too. I don't know. It's kind of sensitive. So.
0: Right? <laughs> <laughs> right? Maybe. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not even in school <laughs> or near one. So not allowed to be. Yeah, within 300 yards. <laughs> I don't know if yeah. this, like, if you relate to this, but it just makes me think of like, um, like anger in my family was always a problem because we have anger management problems. So it was like, keep that anger, anger is a bad emotion. Yeah. So I, like, I still go through like how to express anger in a good way mm-hmm. or like thinking yeah. that anger mm-hmm. is an okay thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess like, I'm curious, like, how other people that you grew up with, did you see them, like, express their emotions a lot? or Yeah, I mean, I always
2: saw anger as, like, a secondary emotion to something else, you know? Like, typically when people get mad, or if I saw them get mad, it was typically from sadness or mm-hmm. some outside antagonist that it wasn't, like, their... Even though it was like their initial reaction, it was their secondary emotion to something else. Yeah. I think I understood that at a very young level, just because in my family, like I had people that were pretty angry a lot. You know, my brother was kind of an angry person growing up, my dad, you know. I think just the stress of having uh, a family at a young age, you know, kids back to back to back they got upset easily so watching and observing that i was just like eh, i don't want to do that shit." so mm, mm-hmm. i think i just became more reserved but the anxiety on the inside was still there
1: well do you feel like that makes a lot of sense and i think that's very observant for a young person to see that in people like i work with clients that haven't figured that out yet yeah you know first for whatever reason but to Recognize there's something underneath it. It's just anger's the easiest, least vulnerable thing to express for a lot of people. Um, so it's easy to access versus I'm sad or hurt or lonely or any of those things.
2: Yeah, because those are way more vulnerable, and anger is like you won't see what's. Mm-hmm. I'll freak the fuck out right now. <laughs> you won't see. It. Well,
1: it's it seems like with your family, if everyone tend to have bigger feelings, you were. There was there room for you to have feelings.
2: Damn. Yeah. I don't know. The two big, I guess, emotions would be my dad and my brother. Whereas, like, my mom, who is a psychologist, was always very analytical about things (laughs) and analyzing everything. And then me and my little brother were just way more reserved. I was a middle child, so I was just Mm. chilling
1: middle child but
2: I definitely learned to use humor as like my Mm cover-up instead of anger I would just make jokes or anything that would like deter from whatever was really going on Mm
1: -hmm. how tell me explain a little bit how that would work in your family like how what kind of response would you get that if you you're like I'll be funny, then what, what happened that kept that going at this point? Oh works? yeah,
2: like being funny was a great way for me to like calm down situations in our family mm. with whatever was going on and I found myself doing that a lot in life. Yeah. Um, anytime I'm not really good with addressing the problem at hand, mm. I probably just make jokes about it or if tensions are rising, I always found that making some kind of quip or some kind of smart-ass comment mm-hmm. would just deter it from escalating.
1: Yeah, so it became a survival skill. Yeah. Yeah. And we learned so many different things, so humor became yours. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I'm still here, so I did survive.
0: <laughs> Beta blogger.
1: Yeah. yeah. get the betas out of here, dude.
2: My heart is sweating right now. <laughs> oh, you're doing great. <laughs> Thanks. Mm-hmm. It's just a sweater. <laughs> it was too much. So, I have a plain white tee with pit stains underneath. Staying on. <laughs> right.
1: Um, You learned to do that in your family. How does that work for you now? How do you use that? Or do you use it in the same Comedy? way? It's working yeah. pretty good now. <laughs> it worked out. You know? <laughs> That's Who a knows? career, yeah. but how does that how does that work for you? Like in relationships and oh, just it's every so day. unhealthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it can you tell so us about unhealthy. that? Oh, <laughs> uh, I can't take shit
2: serious. I'm like, hey, can you just? I'm like, yeah, laundry. <laughs> this is a serious moment, you know. Like, you hurt my feelings. I'm like, get eye, I'm sorry.
0: Do you feel like? Do you think about that later after the conversation? Yes. Like, is there some oh fuck? And I then I'll be
2: like, hey, look, I'm sorry, that I did that. Mm-hmm. But initially, it's always a reaction to just be funny,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and
2: like, it's definitely to hide something. I don't know. So, or deter something always.
1: Well, tell me if it, if this feels if this resonates. But we, you learned the funny thing to be it's a way to cope and skill and to be like you kind of ended up in that role in your family. Mm -hmm. Right. And so if you didn't grow up in a family talking about feelings and emotions and only showing anger, you didn't really get to learn how to be vulnerable and, and softer talking about deeper things. So it would make a lot of sense that that comfort levels hard to, hard to get comfortable with that. If you've always just learned the the humor part has been how to respond to those things. What got you through that?
2: Right. Was that a question?
1: Why well, did if, <laughs> oh, the, if I it sorry. resonated that that's just how you learned? Is It's I called it a survival skill. Um, but that's yeah, I can see that. As an adult, I think sometimes we hold our We like I'll see people hold themselves accountable that they can't. They don't have this like large capacity to, to have deep conversations or feel deep and explore things when that's never what you did like in your family like it was just never shown to you so how are you supposed to know all we know is the things we learned to to get you know through
2: yeah I think I feel like I'm getting the older I get mm-hmm. the more I get better at that
1: mm-hmm.
2: of just like expressing myself and early on like I was always the person to talk to
1: yeah
2: it was very good at like listening it's why I went into You know, I wanted to be a psychologist, just like my mom. But I Mm -hmm. went into social work, which is relatively, you know, Mm -hmm. the same—not the same, you know. But you guys are just glorified social workers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you know, I wanted to get my LCSW and all that, and I was always very—I enjoyed listening to other people and like trying my best to help other people. Yeah. Um, but then when it came to, like, talking about me, I was just like, you're you know, <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: you look at me. Okay. Is there, like, a, a time that you can think of that you, like, leaned into that, like, I'm not going to go to funny here. I'm going to, like, really, like, say what's on my mind. And if so, like, what did that feel like mm-hmm. leaning into that? Hmm.
2: It did feel good. Did I not mean, feel good. Genuine and authentic, but it, you know, as far as like being anxious or whatever, like it made it way worse. And I think in the end, it was hurtful maybe for the other person. And at least one instance that I can think of. and But it's one of those things where like it's a situation where there's no way to be, you can't be funny in that situation. Mm-hmm have to be genuine and honest and that fucking sucked so
1: are you saying it increased like your anxiety the response that you got after
2: i think doing it and the response i don't know if it increased the anxiety i was Mm -hmm. just like well that wasn't fun (laughs) i mean i didn't expect it to be but
0: was there any just curious like uh Less of like a hangover from it, you know, like when you weren't, when you were like, oh man, I wasn't like honest, but this time you were. Was it like well, at least I? Yeah, yeah, that is <clears throat> that's
2: a good point. So, mm-hmm. you know, at the end, you're like, you know, I handled that appropriately. Yeah, or to the best that I know how with the tools that I've been given. So, and I didn't revert back to some infantile way of expressing
1: mm-hmm.
2: what I'm trying to.
1: That's good. I mean, I think sometimes we we take a lot of responsibility for how other person is going to feel when we share something authentic to where to the point we don't share, right? Cuz it mm-hmm. yeah, it can feel bad when we say something that it's not fun for the other person to hear. Um but we can be glad that we <laughs> When you voice, finally voice something, it could feel really good. Yeah. Do you feel like that? Ex- whatever experience you're talking about, did that? Do you feel like that? Let you, like, okay, I want to do that again, <laughs> even if it was hard no. to, and feel it. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I
2: knew
1: you were going to say. That.
3: Absolutely. I
2: will never do that again.
0: <laughs> I will be it lying. Did not reaffirm or
2: affirm anything. So I was like, I'm gonna fucking beat all dick jokes next time, you know <laughs> like?
0: and just hope they pick up on what I'm throwing yeah. down. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, I always found myself like growing up, like telling little lies. Like, never, mm-hmm. I was never a big dishonest person, you know. Mm-hmm. But people would be like, "Yo, did you see that movie?" Like, yeah, totally. It's a great movie. <laughs> yeah. Please don't say anything more about it. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? Like so, they, they go into it. Yep, one hundred percent. That's how it ended. You know, it was always like some. I think I would lie to like just to like fit in. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, what? I could have been like, no, I didn't see the movie, and it's not like I'm like what? You'll never be our friend until you can discuss the synopsis of the movie that we are now talking about. Go fuck yourself. God, that that's what's going on in my head. Yeah. Oh, still today saying, yep I have seen the movie <laughs> and I will google it while you're telling me about it <laughs>
1: that is, sounds exhausting Yeah, it is like to yeah. have that
2: I'm a very big yes person like I hate telling people no I hate mm. disappointing people so I'm always like let me do whatever I can mm. to make this situation go as smoothly as possible
1: and does that feel helpful
2: no <laughs> Not at all.
1: (laughs) It doesn't sound helpful, but it's what you're doing. But it sounds like I know it doesn't.
2: I know in the moment it's helpful, but in the longevity of things, it's probably not.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah,
1: because I'm sure
0: you feel that after. You're like, I don't want to fucking do this, and I said yes.
2: You're like, now I gotta go see Titanic (laughs) two. I haven't even fucking seen Titanic one.
0: (laughs) You haven't seen Titanic one? Get out. There's a two? two. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah.
1: wait, what Jack some... comes back to life. It's a zombie movie. It's crazy. Oh, like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I think we all just <laughs> confused. We're all confused
3: yeah, sorry. There is no Titanic 2 I'm sorry. I don't know why because
2: this is fucking this shit's tanking. So I was just like maybe there's a second one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: I can't remember what was. <laughs>
2: jack jack dies oh. if you haven't seen it
0: don't tell them
2: Glue, glue, glue. supposedly i don't know you haven't you got to watch the second one to find out well, we don't know that he
1: didn't all right sorry. <laughs> deflecting <laughs> I was about to say
0: are you making jokes right now because you don't
1: <laughs> like, i want to quit talking
0: <laughs> the thing is
2: like i want to stop talking so much inside that i just talk more In my head, I'm like, shut up. Shut up. Oh, still doing it (laughs) right (laughs) now. Shut up.
1: I'm curious. Do you feel it sounds like you're like agreeing to whatever? Some like just saying the yes thing Mm -hmm. is do you feel like at the root of that it's like you want to be accepted? Yes. And so, do you feel like you're living from a place that you're not?
2: yeah I mean it's almost like that's I've tried to analyze myself a lot so it's like why did I even get into comedy because that's one of the most like narcissistic <laughs> uh, selfish thing it feels like it's like hey I'm on stage make sure there's a light on me and a microphone <laughs> so that I can be more visible and more audible mm. and it's like I I feel like I had enough attention growing up and enough attention from my friends mm-hmm. and my peers and people that you know I associate with so where this longing for attention from people that don't even know me comes from, I don't know.
1: And you feel like that's what it is being on stage. I was gonna ask, like, what feels, it's, if, it's what's the high be of being on like stage? Because uh, after talking to you, right? it seems like you would be. That would know. be. I mean, you don't have
2: to lump in with me. But I was like, it feels like total acceptance. Okay. Mm-hmm. And just, of course, I've, I've. There has to be some kind of joy that I <clears> feel from bringing laughter and happiness to other people yeah. yes because I know everybody has pain like we all do so mm-hmm. even for like a brief moment I can just be like here's this yeah forget about whatever
0: mm-hmm. yeah
2: fun. but also look
0: at me that's what um, like yeah I don't I don't yeah. know the narcissism thing I I don't know I I don't I never think of it like that
2: and the thing is I don't know if I feel I just feel like that's what it looks like from the outside a lot of times
0: to to who
2: i don't know like i just it like if i look at stand up from the outside i'm just like we're we're all narcissistic psychos (laughs) you know that's what it looks like from the outside to me so then i'm like oh that's what everybody else has to be thinking
1: hmm so projecting yes okay (laughs) yes
2: uh Amber's like, I do it just to bring joy to other people.
0: (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) I, I definitely think about myself a lot, but doesn't everyone, it it
2: feels (laughs) like I'm being very, I think just being in comedy and doing that feels like I'm being very narcissistic, self-absorbed. And just, I always try and go back and from a place of, am I doing this Mm. for others or am I doing this for myself? And it's, Obviously, a bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes it just feels very selfish. Very
1: well, I think it makes sense that that's how you are framing that up. Because from what you've shared growing up, not it was always others focused trying to make them laugh. You aren't used to having the space to take up and be right. a center of attention. And so it makes a lot of sense that it feels really good to have that like validation and in space that you get to take up whenever you're on stage but that it also feels for you you're judging it as like i'm being narcissistic because i'm taking up space yeah and because i, I like getting validation but i don't think that's narcissistic a narcissist wouldn't question like what you said like, like, I check in to see if I'm doing this for other people or for myself. Yeah. A narcissist yeah. wouldn't ask that question. So <laughs> <laughs> that, would, that would never cross their mind. Hmm. I don't know if that makes you feel a little bit better yeah. around, like, how you experience it.
2: I mean, it's definitely something that brings me joy, and it's something I enjoy doing, and it feels like, because, I mean, I went into social work because I enjoyed helping other people. Yeah. I've always, I don't know, because it's not altruistic by all at all. Like there's still like a reward system to me of like helping
3: people mm-hmm. it always felt
2: good. So maybe that's why I did it. I don't know, but you know, in comedy, it's just a almost a more grand scale. You mm-hmm. can reach more people at once. Yeah, that was nice. Um, <laughs> I don't know, but I don't know where the fuck I'm going with that. Is <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well, okay, so just, it always feels weird. It feels very. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know.
0: I think uh, some people could stand to be more self-absorbed. hmm. I, I mean, th- you know.
1: Well, I was going <laughs> to ask, like, how much do you give? Like you talk about like what you want to offer to other people. How much do you like allow that, like receive that?
2: Um, I think a fair amount. I mean, one thing that I've always just kind of been like, not my motto, but like the way I see things is like, if people want to do something good for you or if people want to, you know, do any kind of good act for you instead of being like, nah, nah, nah it's like always accept it.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That's a chance for them to feel decent about doing something. Doesn't mm-hmm. turn exactly. Like if, if I was trying to do something
1: nice, i like, no, I'm
2: like, well fucking yeah. <laughs> hell. I'm going to hell. Like, you know, damn. <laughs> no. Um.
1: But you're you're saying you even receive for the other person. <laughs> 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 yeah. Sorry. <100%.
2: laughs> I'm done. You're welcome for <laughs> paying for this meal. So <laughs> I let you do that. And don't forget. That's narcissistic as fuck. <laughs> I'm going to let you pay for this no, meal, not. so I forget to make you feel good.
0: <laughs> Don't forget that. This is starting to feel like Titanic 2. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting confused. And also, don't
2: forget, forget to tip at least 20%. I'm watching. I will glance at the side. I'm not going to look directly at the check, but I'm going to see what you write before we leave. Because I was a server, and I understand how it is. I like to serve people in every aspect of life, even hunger.
1: <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> Thank you for the laugh. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just saying, when I asked, do you let yourself receive? And you're like, <laughs> I guess yes. Not, no. no, well, you said yes because it makes the other person feel like if they're offering, it feels good for them to be able to give that to you.
2: Yeah, because for me, it feels like charity. Maybe I'm like, yeah I, can, yeah, I guess I'm just a big piece of shit. Go ahead. <laughs> so can, yeah, yeah
0: if someone gives to you yeah, you
2: want to give me $200 go ahead that's fine
0: no you're a kid. are you kidding
2: if somebody gives something to me mm-hmm. yes it always feels like I'm just uh I'm very grateful and I'll express gratitude to the person or whatever the situation is and then I'm not talking about like money or food like anything um even if somebody gives me a piece of themselves you know like I'm very grateful mm-hmm. for that but When it comes to anything monetary or anything like that, I always feel very, like, I don't know. Because I have been, like, down where I didn't want to be at points in my life. Yeah. And having to accept things from people was, it felt more degrading. Even though they weren't, like, personally, I was just like, "Ah, you know, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) I wasn't going to eat today, but. Oh. I was just, but out of pride, you know? Yeah. Like, also, I would have eaten my own shit.
1: <laughs> 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 Gotta make it funny. You're very good at that, sir. Oh, yeah. I would
2: the fuck out of everything.
1: So. <laughs> well, you share. I feel like you've been vulnerable and shared stuff. You do follow mm-hmm. it up very really quickly with a joke.
2: But oh yeah, because it gets too serious. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'll
1: tip, dip my toe in that vulnerability.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, be in the shallow end. But you ain't dragging me
0: deep.
1: <laughs> you ain't
0: dragging. No, this ain't deep. Jaws. <laughs> there is a Jaws too. That's, yeah, <laughs> I don't recall it at all.
2: we're going to need another movie. (laughs) That's what they said after the boat.
0: Have you ever, um, brought like a vulnerable or like something that happened to your life into comedy and tried to make a joke about it?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. The, uh, I guess the situation that kind of fucked me up a lot was, so I grew up playing baseball my entire life. Um, what i wanted to do it's all i knew i didn't really think about anything else But in hindsight was stupid as shit but i didn't really have any other aspirations at that point like baseball was it and uh so my senior year i got hurt really badly and just couldn't play anymore mm-hmm. so i think everything that happened that day i turned into a joke i don't really tell cause it's just so long but everything that happened was kind of funny and or at first it was traumatic I almost died but everything that happened that day i found bits and pieces of humor in it Mm -hmm. and turned it into a joke that i told on stage it didn't really i haven't really told that much so it could go well now but that moment because after that you know i just went to college ended up partying getting shit-faced all the time working you know Dead end jobs, dropping out of college because I partied too much, um, and not really having any purpose, undeclared until I dropped out and then went back It mm-hmm. was like very unmotivated and just lost because I had spent, you know, my whole life working towards this one goal, wasn't thinking about anything else. Then when it got, when it got taken from me, but whenever I lost that opportunity, I had no direction, so I just started numbing it with everything I could mm-hmm. and not really facing the fact that there's other avenues and I'm good at other things and mm-hmm. I think that kind of crushed me because that's who I identified as and that's not my true identity but mm-hmm. at that moment I didn't really know much mm-hmm. past that so I was like fuck it I'm just gonna get fucked up and figure out life later I guess and yeah. I did so but that traumatic moment was one that like changed me down a direction I didn't want to go for about a decade, I guess, where mm. <clears throat> I got my shit together. Because like even when I went into college and graduated, like I was still trying to escape something. I don't know.
1: What did you did you when you went back? It seems like through that day and started doing jokes, like creating humor. Oh yeah. It. How did did
2: that? I'll tell you guys want to hear the joke. I'll tell the joke. You can tell, tell the it.
1: joke.
2: Um, so I ended up. Uh, it was a game we we're just playing, not Smyrna, but uh, <laughs> they were around. <laughs> They're always around. Um, bulldogs. Yeah, goddamn bulldogs. <laughs> uh, the person that, I collided with a player on the t- just running down first base. It was actually a buddy that I played baseball with prior to that, but he went to a different high school. And upon, long story short, injury-wise, I ended up breaking three ribs, puncturing two holes in my lungs, rupturing my spleen, something else.
0: From running into someone?
2: Yeah, just colliding. Oh my gosh. Well, like when we hit, like I fell and his knees just came down and just like right into my side. Oh. Mm. Crushed a lot of my shit. JR, you piece of <laughs> shit. No, I'm just kidding. He's a good dude. Um, and so that happens. I like go back to the dugout. I feel like I just got the wind knocked out of me at first. And then like time comes for me to like go back out. i like, I don't feel good at all. <laughs> <laughs> and like my dad come they go grab my dad and you see him peeping the dugout. He's like, he comes in and he gets in white as a ghost, I guess. He's like, yeah. Oh shit, we gotta go to the hospital now. So we're like riding to the hospital I am riding there and I can like hear like my stomach like cracking with like a oh.
3: um,
2: bump that we hit. Because we didn't take the ambulance. We just got right in the Yukon. It was probably the quickest way anyway. <laughs> and he's just like running red lights and all this shit. We get there. They, uh, I don't know, I'm probably chilling in the hospital like in a chair for at least an hour. Mm. Just like with internal bleeding and everything. And they finally get me back there to like the little check-in office hospital whatever and it takes a while for the doctor to get back there he comes back he like checks my wrist he's like hey don't you worry cody we're gonna take good care of you and i was like that's funny and then i was like this guy's like i don't know if he's just calling me the wrong name to be funny <laughs> and then like my on the way out, my mom's like why did you call him cody he goes that's his name and uh she's like his name's matt he goes looks at the wrist and it's like some other kid shut up they had his wrist so I don't know what they were about they might have been clipping my balls (laughs) like hey I'm still bleeding on the inside but infertile so (laughs) I guess it's a win-win you know Um, they end up getting me back I end up having a uh, allergic reaction to vancomycin or some kind of like antibiotics like wash I guess Whatever was going on in the inside and it got to the point where like i had, ended up having like red man syndrome where like your skin turns like red as a tomato and like i remember like my hair was falling out damn and then like i started almost going into like v like i remember just because i was drugged up but also like having a severe allergic reaction to a medication <laughs> and like luckily like my parents were in the room, so they go and grab somebody and they come in and like I just remember like looking over at because I'm just chill, like I'm drugged up. But like I can also like hear my heart rate on the thing, and it's just like
3: dee, 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 dee,
2: dee, dee. and I look over and it's like 200 and something, and I'm just like I'm dying, bro. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and so they rush in, they get me flushed out, and they end up I end up getting stable. I was in ICU for I don't know how long, maybe like a week or maybe not even that. I don't know. It was all a fog, but I was in the hospital for a while. But I remember once they get me stable, the doctor comes in and he's like, "Was well, anything else? You know, he's going through, Are you feeling me pain anywhere else? And I was like, well, when I fell initially, like I hit my tailbone. And I feel like that hurts. He's like, your tailbone hurts. I was like, Eat "A little bit. And he like looks at the nurse and like, he doesn't even say, he just says, go grab the KY what doesn't even say like i remember you know i'm like an 18 year old kid like i know it fuck you know like a medical term for lube you're
0: like i'm not cody i'm not cody
2: are y'all buying brand name here like you can get generic i better not be paying for brand name you know or my parents i'm on their insurance uh it's a big thing now like when you get older Uh, you didn't have to get gay ky you know you could have just got like i can
0: Gas Lucas Oil or whatever yeah. they use. I don't know.
2: You could have just yeah, got synthetic oil from AutoZone. But, uh, dude, so after he says that, I'm like, nah, nah, it's fine. It really doesn't hurt that bad now that I think about it.
1: I'm fine, it's fine. He's like, we have to shit for
2: rectal bleeding and like,
0: yeah. Wait, what did he do with the KY or you stopped him?
2: Huh? He, uh, he didn't stop. Uh, this is my story <laughs> he, uh first of all, I just want to say, um oh man, so he uh you know was a very big man, and uh his fingers were about the size of pool noodles. And his assistant was what I can prescribe, only describe as maybe the hottest nurse I've ever Aww. seen in my life. So I'm just like, oh, you know, this is humiliating. So yeah. I think at one point, I'm still pretty out of it, but I, at one point, my uh, my uh, <laughs> my priest walks in. Dude, it just keeps ramping Is this up. part, part of the joke? yeah. No, yeah, but he's like, hey, you can come back later. Um, <laughs> so... I remember him coming in to, like, pray over me. And, like, in that moment, that's when I'm like, oh, shit, I'm going to die. Damn. Like, why else are you coming to pray yeah. over me, dude? Yeah. Like, what's going on? So, I ended up being fine, though. You know, I'm still here. I have health problems now that I wonder if, like, that had anything mm-hmm. to do with it. Like, I ended up with, like, psoriatic arthritis and all this shit that I have to take, like, an expensive-ass medication for every month that I wonder if, like, the... Bad reaction I had to like the antibiotic and the antibiotics I had to stay on for a while afterwards just kind of like ruined my gut. Mm. I ended up with like all these illnesses afterwards. So I don't know. It was a very traumatic day, but definitely were pieces that I could pull from for comedy. Mm-hmm. I did. And other than that, you know.
1: Is that the only way you've processed it? Because that's, that's a trauma event.
2: I don't know. I mean, I guess I process it, process it as much as I could to the point that, like, it is what it is. Like, it happened, and, you know, understanding that, like, that wasn't my, like, baseball wasn't my identity. It was just something I did and worked towards, and just like I'm doing now, it's something I do and work towards.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, like, if life steers you in a different course, you just go that direction.
1: Mm. That, it feels like... There's like two traumas there. One, the actual...
2: like Yeah, the physical and then the...
1: The the medical trauma is huge. And then it was like, yeah, then it ended, like, for for you at the time, that felt very much like your identity, the baseball. Yeah. So it's like a loss there, but the medical, how did it feel just telling that?
2: I'm not crying, I just have allergies. (laughs) (laughs) I don't cry. (laughs) (laughs) It's Um, okay if you do. I've never cried. Okay. I'm a psycho. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the medical trauma that I've had is, a lot. I think, a lot due to my anxiety. Because I always expect the worst now. Mm. Because anxiety, I've been given yeah. two diagnoses that doesn't get much worse. I mean, obviously, they could be like, you, know, you have cancer and you're going to die, which would be worse. But the two diagnoses I've been given aren't, their What's it called? Like you can't cure them. Mm -hmm. So like I'll be stuck with this arthritis the rest of my life and have to keep taking this expensive ass shot and hope I have health insurance for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Which is very stressful to me. And then I have an eye disease where like I just slowly go blind. You know, and it started out like I remember like rubbing my eye and I couldn't see the rear view mirror in the car. And I was just like, wow, I think I have like a detached retina. Mm -hmm. So I go to the doctor and... They're, they think the same thing, so then they check in, they're like, no, nah, it looks like something else called like retinaschesis. And like, you'll have to have surgery possibly on it, but we can fix it. I was like, oh, great. So then I go to another eye doctor, and it turns out it's something called retinitis pigmentosa, which is just like where your rods and cones in your eyes like slowly degeneratively die. Mm. So you end up starting with these blind spots that can end up leading to like tunnel vision before it just cuts off the center, so. I always have that fear of like every day of Like, mm-hmm. are these blind spots getting bigger and they slowly are, but they're only like staying in one spot, but just the anxiety of like, yeah. am I going to go blind or not?
0: Mm. Yeah.
2: It's uh, horrifying. Yeah. So medical trauma for sure. Mm.
0: Is there any way that you've found to live with that anxiety or kind of lessen it like meditation or I don't know. Yeah.
2: Like, uh, I don't know, like going on these hikes and just seeing things and trying to take everything in and, you know, just in case the worst happens, I want to make sure that I really am present Mm. for things around me right Mm -hmm. now. So if anything, it's kind of more of a gift, I guess, of being like, hey, you may or may not have that, so appreciate it and learn to appreciate things outside of it. and Yeah, like meditation, things like that. I've tried and probably not enough. Um, I don't know. Yeah,
1: I think that's beautiful. That being present.
2: Yeah, I'm lying. I don't do any of that shit. <laughs> no, <I'm just>
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah.
1: that's a lot. you mm-hmm. got
0: too serious, guys. Come on, now. <laughs> I'll back the fuck out of this. <laughs> Again, excuse me. <laughs> <Sleek>. uh, <laughs> With the, the, like, baseball thing, how, you know, you said that it taught you how to just, like, go with the flow if your life turns.
2: It gets to that point. It definitely leads up, leading up to it, it's just stressful as shit.
0: Do you feel that way about comedy? Or does that stress you out, where you're like, oh, man, I could lose this? Comedy was
2: the only thing that made me take, like, a leap, because normally I'm a very, like, analytical, like, Hmm. everything has to make sense. And with comedy, nothing makes sense. You know, so here I am with a job that I went to college for and has a steady paycheck and health insurance, which I need mm-hmm. um, and then this opportunity comes where it's like you are out of p t o and this opportunity probably won't come again or you don't know and i it kind of forced my hand otherwise my ass would probably still be doing both and burning the candle at both ends. Yeah. Yeah. You know, cause I'd be out late doing comedy and then working early as shit in the morning and doing it all over again. And you know, here's this place where like, you're going to be traveling a lot. You're going to be away a lot. The whole health insurance thing was a huge issue for me that I had to figure out fast. And I did and it worked out, but taking, taking that leap of faith was something I'm, I don't normally do, mm-hmm. you know? So, I think comedy definitely helped me learn to go with the flow and just be thankful for everything that comes to you because it's all a gift in, in comedy. And I mean, in life, mm-hmm. it Really, if you look at it through that lens, like it's, I don't know, nothing is owed to you mm-hmm. in this field. You work and you get it, or you're lucky enough to get it, or you don't. You know, you build good relationships and you work at your craft, and if it lines up, it does. If it doesn't, I don't know, just keep fucking doing it till it does, right? Yeah. That was my whole mindset, and it will be if this shit falls apart, you know? Mm-hmm. So, comedy definitely helped me be um, kind of more, not outgoing, what am I thinking?
1: Adventurous? Mm,
2: yeah. Or risk. Risk More risky, pick. yeah. Because yeah. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: I always stayed in my bubble, and I knew how yeah. things operated. And comedy just kind of threw a wrench right in there, bitch, you know. And that thing,
1: sorry. <laughs> well, it Not seems Mitch. like you had enough. <laughs> you had enough confidence, though. I think, in, like the comedy, I think you because it you were so so ingrained that you are like the willingness to take a chance on that.
2: Yeah, I mean, because, I mean, to even do it is a big chance. I mean, mm-hmm. it's I learned to fail a lot, which I had a fear of. Um Because, I mean, still to this day, I mean, comedy, you fail, I'd say. Less and less, but still a lot. But you don't care as much. You learn to, like, not care. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not the end of the world.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, I had a panic attack doing a public speech in college and now i'm on stage in front of way more people than that (laughs) you know doing Mm -hmm. way more time and it just i realized the difference is is one i'm prepared for this whereas with that speech i wasn't i was like i just wing it (laughs) and then (laughs) that was that was kind of i guess uh, you could call that a traumatic event i don't know like just but That was my first panic attack i ever had like i had to like excuse myself from the classroom i had to give a speech over something and i didn't study i didn't do any of the work that shit i was like oh i know enough i'll just wing it
3: Mm -hmm.
2: and like you know like when you're doing bad and like you're starting to have a panic attack i don't know if you all ever have had one
1: but Mm
2: -hmm. like everything just gets really tight and (laughs) I don't you know
1: just start to plan. You're like,
2: and I'm still up there and I'm like it's okay nobody can tell you're fine just, you're, you're, <laughs> you're, went, you're like, doing you're crushing it man you're, you're, <laughs> nobody can tell you're good until like the teacher goes hey Matt I'm like what's up she's like <laughs> <laughs> and she's just like do you need to take a minute oh and no I'm like oh everybody can tell and that's when I'm like I <laughs> just oh. like walked out of class and, like into the bathroom and it was just like Oh, and uh, I went back in and I was like I'm just gonna do this another day that's cool or you can fail me I don't give a shit <laughs> you know? You know? and she failed me
0: no she didn't no she
2: did she let me do it the next day <laughs> like just to her was, oh really yeah, I was like I don't know if I can do it in front of everybody Oh. she was like well just do it to me that's I was kind. like, right, "Thanks, because that'll give me another day to actually do what I was supposed." Now to Now she
0: sees you at theaters, and she's like, "That lion son of a yeah. bitch." I'm not
2: nervous at all. There's <laughs> a joke I wrote about you. <laughs> 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 but yeah, so it's weird to go from that to this, because mm-hmm. like after that day, I was like, "I'm never talking to anybody <laughs> ever again." <laughs> <laughs> like if I see anybody, I'm just.
1: <laughs> not talking
2: i'll never have any friends no. <laughs> my family will disown me <laughs> but he's catatonic i don't know he should have studied so a little stuff like that i don't know if you would say it's traumatic but for a while it mm-hmm. screwed me up
0: i'd say if you're still remembering it or thinking about it it yeah. had an impact on you you know <laughs>
2: It's just hard to define, I guess. Some things you know are like, oh, that was traumatic for mm-hmm. sure. Because something will happen, and you are like, oh Well, that came right back in my head, you know? Mm-hmm. But then other stuff, you're like, oh, I guess it was bothersome. <laughs> like, I still think about it, but it's not like... It's not going to fuck up my day.
1: Well, that's not how we define trauma, is <laughs> if it fucks up your day or not. Mm-hmm. It's... Really, it's not the event. It's your experience. So, because you can experience the same thing but experience it differently and so it's really about your experience of it like when you were talking about how embarrassed you felt in the hospital Mm -hmm. that that felt really like big to me like hearing like just you talking about it like I can tell that was a like a very core part of what was so difficult in that
2: yeah it was humiliating yeah I think things that are humiliating or embarrassing kind of can affect you for a while
3: mm-hmm.
2: like I remember in sixth grade I think the most humiliated I've ever been was in sixth grade I had like really bad acne and butt teeth mm-hmm. it's a sad story so yeah I mean it's funny now but it it ruined me for like a good two years mm-hmm. uh I don't know this girl that I kind of liked uh drew a picture, like a character of me with like acne and buck teeth and like passed it around the glass. Damn. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it was her, by the way. No. Um and like it got back to me and I was just like Fuck. Wow man. So like for two years I was like nervous to like smile around people.
1: Uh, Kids are brutal.
2: Yeah. And now she's dead. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. She's married happily, oh. living a life somewhere. Happily?
0: Now, I don't know.
2: Facebook would say so. I'd <laughs> say Facebook, you know. <laughs> she's still advocate. <laughs> yeah. <You know>. <laughs> <laughs> so she's struggling. And then, uh, but like moments like that, like that screwed me up for a while. Like I was scared mm-hmm. to smile around people. Right. Which yeah. is everybody's best quality ladies you should smile more by the way no i'm just totally <laughs> well, you know what i mean like <laughs> i don't Especially ever tell somebody to like, smile
1: but yeah. like to la- laugh mm-hmm. that's yeah. hard yeah but, yeah you're like my superpowers oh yeah, no, I yeah it's real funny <laughs> Let
2: me i just had that creepy no teeth smile you know.
0: oh no
2: like are you passing somebody on the street you know? <laughs> I never give him a teeth smile like, that's creepy you know that's the only time we're like that's not creepy so if like i was just hanging out with you guys i was just like
0: yeah eventually by like, this is fucking like, what weird. is he thinking but if it's like
2: a stranger and you give him a teeth smile that might be kind of weird <laughs> you've
0: you have know? thought a lot like, you see you're like maybe this moment eye, was dramatic you've thought a lot about smiles yeah i mean, every it's time. Definitely I mean i'll be I in the
2: mirror the just street. like don't show any teeth <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I am glad that you're smiling now Mm -hmm. because you're amazing. And I'm so grateful that you sat with us and you were open and vulnerable. This was fun.
2: Thank you for letting me, (laughs) uh, I don't know, share this. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Oh, it. I want to ask you, what is something that you've been doing recently or you've done for a while that's just good for you? That's like your, you time that makes you feel good.
2: Uh, definitely getting out in nature, uh, doing that. Um, meditation, um, calling people I care about and staying in touch with people I care about,
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, just because I know that, you know, that's very important to me. Um, making time for people like that, but definitely getting out in nature. Like, for instance, when I was in Reading, uh, you know, you're just kind of, I was just kind of in a funk. I didn't feel good physically. Mm-hmm. So, mentally, it kind of messed with me, I think. And just like at some point I didn't even want to get out of bed. Mm-hmm. So I'm just in this hotel room and I just forced myself to get up, go for a walk, found a trail, went running on that, ended up down by like a pretty cool river. Uh, and I just picked up like a rock from that river. And like, this is so lame. And then I uh, took it back to the room. I was like, oh, this is, you know, I'll take this rock. This is a cool place. I'm mm-hmm. traveling. I'm getting I'm very privileged to be able to do that. So like I guess wrote Redding, California on the rock. It was like, oh, that's cool. But now that rock is a reminder of like you're having a shit day. You still <laughs> got up, got out, and did something about
3: it. Oh, that. like, so
2: that's awesome. That's how I see that rock now. Instead of just like, oh, you were in Redding. So, dude, that's not a lame. Where that's I was amazing. And went and yeah, change that. So
1: that's really cool. Yeah.
0: So.
2: Go pick up rocks if you're sad.
0: <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. I do too. Uh, you want to tell everybody listening where to find you? Tell them all the socials. Yeah, my address is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> They're not gonna come to Smyrna, dog. <laughs> <No, at all. laughs> I'm
2: gonna dox myself. So <laughs> nobody's ever done that before. <laughs> uh, Matt Taylor comedy. <laughs> Even my tag had to be funny, right? I couldn't just <laughs> Matt Taylor was taken by thousands of people, so. <laughs> I didn't want to be Matt Taylor 567 instead. I was <laughs> just uh, Matt Taylor comedy. Oh so,
0: yeah, uh, yeah,
2: it's going to feel like a lot of T's right there in the middle, but you're, it's, you're still right. So M-A-T-T Taylor comedy. I always say Matt with three T's. My parents had a stutter. But yeah, Matt Taylor comedy. You can find me there. Ooh, I'm making this awkward, <laughs> right, at <the> end, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I held it together for a good amount. You did and good. Yeah. You did good. So, thank you.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank uh, you. Thank you, for, Matt.
2: Yeah, thank you for allowing me to do this. Uh, I appreciate both of you.
1: Same team. Very friend.
2: thankful for this opportunity. Mm. You can follow me at Matt Taylor Comedy. <laughs>
1: You just can't resist. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's gotta be funny. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, though. Yeah,
2: it's great.
0: <laughs>
2: I have pit stains
0: <laughs>
2: on this new sweater,
0: which you can see on your OnlyFans. I can feel it
2: dripping Am my chest. Oh,
1: God. <laughs> really? Oh, you are great at masking.
2: Um, just a lot of chest hair. <laughs> hair. So. It's like a sauna. <laughs> And it's not even the room. It's just the clothes. No,
1: the room is warm, too.
2: Yeah. The warmth of friendship. Aw. Anyway. All right. We're done? Yeah. Sorry. Bye, Matt. I'll keep going on. Thanks, guys. This has been Thanks. amazing. And uh, Thomas edited out that uh, about me being a school shooter. <laughs>
1: <All right. laughs> Thanks for listening to I'm Fine, It's Fine podcast. I am trauma therapist, Melanie Reese, and you can find me across all platforms at Trauma Therapy Nashville.
0: My name is Amber Autry. I am a comedian here in Nashville and internationally touring. You can find me on all platforms at Amber Autry Comedy. And while you're at it, make sure you're liking, subscribing, sharing, rating, reviewing this podcast. I know that sounds like a lot, but it helps so much. And we're, we're having a good time. Mm-hmm. We're healing. <laughs> it feels good. Mm-hmm. So just like just a little extra sauce, sharing it with a friend, rate and review it. It really helps, and we appreciate it.
1: Yeah, and if you have a topic or um, conversation that you want to hear us talk about or a story you'd like to share on your own, shoot us an email at I'mFineSometimes at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening.